0: Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Well, today we are in message number two, kicking off a brand new message series that we're entitling wrestling with God. If you weren't here last week you missed our shout out to uh, the 10 best or 10 greatest WWF WWE wrestlers of all time. We had them on the screen. We gave shout outs. It was it was great. If you missed that you can catch us on our YouTube channel and and uh, see if your 10 best, your 10 best, would match up with the Bleach Report, BleachReport.com and the 10 best greatest of all time wrestlers in WWF WWE history. Uh, So we did that shout out last week and uh, we just kind of asked a simple question. So can you imagine wrestling someone who's like seven foot tall and weighs... 400 pounds. That would be quite a match, right? Seven foot tall, 400 pounds, Andre the Giant, right? Can you imagine wrestling with God? Well, we're looking at the life of a man who did just that. At least on one night, a night he in his lifetime, would never forget. He wrestled with God. And the scripture tells us that before this particular wrestling match occurred, that he was fearful and he was distressed. Uh, There was an encounter that was coming in his life. An encounter with his brother. And his relationship with his brother had been contentious and full of conflict since they were born. In fact, the scripture tells us that he even wrestled with his brother in the womb. They were twins. His name is Jacob. The name Jacob means supplanter. Or the one you who usurps in other words, his name mean, his name means the one who will like break rank and skirt around to get what he wants. His brother is Esau. Esau is the firstborn. and the scripture tells that Jacob was his mother's favorite Esau was his father's favorite Esau was like a hunter he was a a man's man he was an outdoorsman and on one particular occasion he had been out hunting and he came in and he was hungry and his brother Jacob had made a pot of lentil stew and Esau was hungry and he said to his brother he said hey I'll tell you what If you'll give me some of that stew, that lentil stew, then I'll give you, in exchange, my birthright. The firstborn son in Israelite uh, custom and culture would receive a double portion of the inheritance from the father. So Esau offered that to Jacob. Jacob. And then later, when their father Isaac came to the end of his life, and it came time for him to bless his sons, that Jacob and his mother schemed together to deceive their father Isaac, to make Isaac think that Jacob was actually Esau. And so that... Jacob would actually get the blessing from his father. After that happened, and after Jacob and his mother, Rebekah, deceived Isaac, Esau was very upset with brother Jacob and vowed to kill him. So they separated. Jacob went away for about 20 years, and then God called Jacob to come back home. Jacob knew in coming back home, he knew, he knew I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to deal with my brother Esau. And he knew that there would be a, a battle that would take place. So Jack, Jacob surmised, he thought to himself, well, I don't wanna lose everything I've got. I mean, he, he's gonna kill me, he'll, he'll kill my family, he'll take everything I've got. So Jacob decided to split his camp. Thinking, I'll send half of my camp away. Esau, probably going to beat me in battle. I'll only lose half of what i got. And then Jacob came up with a plan. He thought, maybe I can make peace with my brother. So he devised a plan to make peace peace offerings to his brethren. And in Genesis chapter 32, he's seeking the Lord, he's seeking the Lord, he's seeking the Lord. And he comes up with this plan and then Jacob gets along with God. And that's where the wrestling match takes place. And this is a question that we're pondering, okay? Is this a picture of what it means to pray? Of what it means to seek God with everything you've got. With a tenacity and a determination that you would do as Jacob did. And say to the Lord, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Until I see your face. I'm not letting go. Is this a picture of what it means to pray? You know, prayer is a wonderful thing. It's a great gift to us from God. But prayer is also very mysterious. How does prayer prayer work? I mean, if I've got 10 friends praying for me, Is God more likely to hear that prayer than if I have only five friends praying for me? What if nobody prays for me? Do I even have a chance? Does prayer change God? Does prayer change me? Just just how does prayer work? Could it be, could it be that if I would in persistence and determination Seek God? Would he honor that? And in time, show me his face and answer prayer. Well, beginning in verse 24, when Jacob was left alone, the scripture says, A man wrestled with him until daybreak when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, when, when the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched the socket of his thigh. He, he touched his hip. He puts a wrestling move on Jacob and touched the socket of his hip. So the socket of Jacob's thigh, his hip, was dislocated while, notice this, while he, Wrestled with him. Jacob wrestled the man with a dislocated hip. Now, you tell me, was that not determination? I'll learn how to wrestle with God and I will learn how to seek his face in the midst of pain. Then he said, The man to Jacob, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, which we know means supplanter, the one who skirt around, get what he wants. He said, the man to Jacob, your name shall no longer be Jacob. But Israel, for you have wrestled, you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. And we'll talk about in a minute what that means. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said... I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was what? What was he doing? He was what? He was limping on his thigh. He was limping on his hip, and, and he would, for the rest of the days of his life, he would walk. He would walk with a limp. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. In other words, the nation of Israel, to never forget what took place with Jacob. They would change their dietary laws and restrictions, and they would forever regard That touching of God on that place as a sacred thing. God, as we come to this text today, as we begin to ponder and to think about what it means to wrestle with you in prayer. Father, I pray that you would teach us today. We are dependent upon your spirit. We would, we can't do this without you, Father, and we would not want to do this without you. So we trust your spirit to bring fresh revelation to our life today about who you are and about what it means to wrestle with you and to know you as a result of that. Uh, So, Father, just give us the measure of grace and of your spirit that we need right now, Lord and we're going to trust you to do great things. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Said that his name we said that his name was Jacob, which means supplanter, the usurper, the one that skirts around to get what he wants. And in this encounter with this man and and by the way, when the man appears, there's no announcement Uh, We never know the name of the man. Uh, All we know is that if you ask Jacob today, Jacob, who was it you wrestled with on that night? I think Jacob would say, I wrestled with God that night. Because that night is when I saw God's face. And let's not forget that that Jacob, in, in coming to this encounter with this man who would Be a representation of God that Jacob was deeply troubled. He was distressed. He knew he was going to have to go back and face his brother Esau, and there would be a great battle that would take place. And and he was fearful of his life and everything that he had. And he's trying to make peace. He's trying to do everything that he can. And he's seeking God's blessing. He, He wants God to deliver him, to, to. To, to rescue him from this encounter that he's going to have with his brother Esau. But then, the supplanter, the one who would usurp and skirt around, he, he in this encounter, he gets a new name. And his new name is Israel. And the name Israel literally means the one who has wrestled or striven with God. The one... Who has wrestled with God. But he doesn't just get a new name and a new identity as a result of this encounter. He gets a limp. He gets a dislocated hip as a result of this. So so let's, let's slow down for just a second. He goes... And gets alone seeking God because he wants God's help. And what does God do? God lames him. I thought about in entitling this message, The God Who Lames. But I didn't think I would have very many people who would want to show up for that, right? I mean, who would want to come and, and learn about a God? Who in your deepest moment of seeking His face, He leaves you wounded. Last week I shared with you that several years ago a friend of mine said to me. He said, don't trust a man who walks without a limp. This is a figure of speech. Don't trust a man who walks without a limp. It's implied that people who walk with limps, they have something to offer. Maybe today you walk with a limp. Maybe you're limp today. Is abuse that you experienced as a kid. In your home. Maybe that's followed you. All the days of your life. You, you don't walk the same. Because of that experience. Maybe some of you have gone through. The breakup of your home or your family. Because of that. It's scarred you. It's left a wound and a scar there in your life. And and since that's happened in your life, you don't walk the same. You school teachers, you school teachers and administrators, you see kids every day who walk with a limp because of what they're going through at home. Maybe... Your limp is a, a real limp. A physical health issue that you've had all maybe all your life. This is your limp today. Maybe you lost somebody and it was sudden. I mean, listen, Jake, Jake, Jacob never asked for a dislocated hip. It's not what he was seeking. Something happened to you. It hit you, it blindsided you. It came unexpectedly. You never asked for it, you never wanted it. But today you walk with a limp because of it. There's things about you that are trustworthy. Because you walk with a limp. It could be anything. That's affected you in your life. For one. Someone who walks with a limp. Is someone who has definitely. Experienced pain. In their life. Because of that pain. Hopefully. They have wisdom of life. They have wisdom of life. Because they went through this experience. They they learned some things because of this. Hopefully, someone who walks with a limp is someone who has themselves, like Jacob, wrestled with God in their life. And they, like Jacob, went away with a limp. Here's something else that we know about people who walk with limps. I think this is huge. This is extremely important. In fact, this might help you to begin to really heal and to move forward with your limp. The man who walks with a limp is better able to help another who will also walk with a limp because of their pain. A person who walks with a limp is better able to help someone else who will walk with a limp because of the pain that they're going through in life. Because that person can say, hey, I know. I've been there. I've experienced that. Now I was like you. I, 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 I was like you. And I know the hurt. Now let me share with you. Some wisdom. That helped me to get through. Some of you today. Some of you today. Are getting through. You're getting by. With your limp. Because other people who limp too. Are walking with you. And you're learning that. Two people. Who walk with limps. Can get through life together. Better than someone. Who walks with a limb. Can do it. All by themselves. But it's really strange. That God. Would lame Jacob. I mean Jacob is, is getting ready to go into a battle right. I mean if you're going into a battle. You know you're going into a battle. You know you're going into a fight. What kind of shape or condition do you think you want to be in? You want to be in the best shape or condition that you can be in, right? I mean, if you know you got a battle coming up, you're probably going to start training. Maybe you're going to work out. Maybe you're going, I'm working out because it's my New Year's resolution. I don't know. You're training, you're wanting to work out, you're wanting to get ready. You're going to strengthen your muscles, start running in the mornings getting some cardio in. Hey, I got a battle ahead. I'm, I'm going to be the best that I can be. Get out my sword. going to sharpen that sword up really good. I'm gonna, if I'm going to be riding a horse, I'm going to make sure my horse is well fed, taken care of. I'm going to make sure that my armament is all ready to go, have everything that I've got, my, my helmet and my shield. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I am in the best shape and condition that I can be in. To go fight this fight. And don't you know. That in the back of Jacob's mind. As he's asking the Lord. Lord give me what I need. To prevail in this battle. The last thing. The last thing. The last thing. He would ever think. He would need. Was a dislocated. Or broken hip. Why? Why? Why would God do this to Jacob? I think the psalmist gives us insight into this. The psalmist said in Psalm 147, verses 10 through 11, that the Lord, He does not delight in the strength of the horse, He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man, which means God is not impressed by your strength. He's not impressed by your ability. He's not impressed by what you can do. No, He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. Yet, in verse 11, the Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. So could it be that Jacob, in preparing for this battle with his brother, and he's thinking about, oh my gosh, I've got to be in the best shape and condition I can be in. And, and, he, and he could build himself up and get his muscles strong. And the next thing you know, Jacob, he's going, I can do this. And you tell me how many times has self-pride and self-sufficiency and self-determination been the recipe for your failure? Because you thought you could do it and you trusted yourself. And God knew that if Jacob goes into this battle, He might very well not see my hand at all. But Jacob would think he did it. And he would walk away even more proud. And even more self-sufficient. And if if he was a supplanter before. He would be two times the supplanter after. God didn't just break his hip. God broke Jacob. And a broken man or a broken woman in the hands of God is a more powerful weapon than a woman or a man who is whole in their own hands. If you know that, then would you rest? you say to the Lord, Lord, whatever you got to do, do it. Break me. Break my pride. Break my self-sufficiency. Humble me. Do whatever it takes in my life. That I might know you more fully. You might that you might get the credit. And the honor and the glory of whatever happens in my life. Parents, if you know, if you know, if you know that the way of suffering is the way to the heart of God, then why do you want to protect your kids so much? You say, Brother Allen, it's a paternal, maternal instinct. I don't want my kids to suffer. I don't want my kids to and I don't either. But I can honestly tell you, in my life, in the lives of the people that I know, your lives, people here, the way of suffering has been the way that they've come to know God's heart more fully. Jacob never asked for it, he never prayed for it. This is not what he wanted. But I'm telling you, I know a people today. I can take you to people right now who asked God. For one particular thing. And he did something in their life. And he did it so dramatically different. That on this side of it. As they walk with a limp today. They will tell you. God's way. And the way he did it. And, and what. He allowed. In my life. Was so much better. Than what I was praying for. And hoping for. Of myself. But I think that there's another reason. Why God. Allowed Jacob to live the rest of his life. Walking with a limp. We got to do a little digging here. To, to kind of pull this out. And to see this in the text. So well, here's what I want to do. I want us to fast forward. Fast forward to Genesis 33, and this is a little bit further removed in Jacob's life, and and things with Jacob and Esau would work out, and and it would be a really neat story. It would not go down the way that Jacob thought, you know, he he was so much more humble and broken, and and, and things worked out with Jacob. So in Genesis 33 verse 20, and let's not forget the, the name of the place, Peniel, Means face of God. That's where he saw God's face. That's where he he realized the sufficiency of God in his life. But listen to this. He realized so much more in that moment. That probably he would have never realized. Had he not wrestled with God. In Genesis 33 verse 20. Later on. The scripture says that Jacob. Erected there an altar. And called it El Elohe Israel, which means God, the God of Israel, El Elohe Israel, God, the God. Of Israel, and you say, "Big deal. What does that matter?" Go back to Genesis chapter thirty-two. Well, let's do this. Let's go even back further than that. Go to Genesis chapter twenty-eight, in verse thirteen. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said. Speaking to Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. His grandfather was Abraham. Isaac was his father. Genesis chapter 32. In that scripture, in that section of text, where he's seeking God, before he wrestles with God, Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. You see, he was the God of Jacob's grandfather. And he was the God of Jacob's He was the God of Abraham. He was the God of Isaac. But he was not the God of Israel until Israel wrestled with God. And God showed him his face. He didn't know God. He had only heard about him. But when he wrestled with him, He knew him. Similar situation is described with Job. Job. In Job chapter 42, verse 5. After everything that Job had been through in his life, he lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his health. Job suffered completely because in the ancient world, he suffered in every way a man could suffer. Everything of his life had been touched by pain. So in Job chapter 42 verse 5, this is what he says to the Lord. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, my eye sees you. I've heard about you what others have seen But until I saw for myself, what I had heard about God was only rumors. Until you see God and know God for yourself, all you know is rumors. Of what someone else has seen, what someone else has experienced. Jacob realized that he was his God after he wrestled with the Lord. So today, we invite you to wrestle. Reminds me of Brady when he was a little boy, and and I'd come in and he'd say, Dad, let's wrestle. When's the last time you wrestled with God? Have you ever wrestled with him? Have you ever, with everything that you've got, tried to lay hold of him and you grabbed him and you said, God, I'm seeking you for some things in my life. I'm not letting go until I see your face, God. I don't want you to be my dad's God. I don't want you to be my granddad's God. I want you to be my preacher's God or the Sunday school teacher's God. I don't want you to be the God of the little lady down the street. God, I want you to be my God, and you do whatever it takes in my life so that I can say you're the God of mine. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, FirstMissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening and God bless.